Hey, y'all, we want to take a second here to go ahead and give a shout out to our favorite mortgage lender and the official lender of the Hunt Lift Eat podcast. That's Casey Burns. He's a mortgage broker with Prime Lending. I bought my house here in Colorado with Casey and I refinanced the property in Tennessee. And I was going to use Casey for that because I had such a great experience. And Casey told me, hey, man, like, I'll be straight up with you. I can't. I can't match this other offer. So go with these other guys. Well, I went with those other guys and I regretted it. It was like a three month process for the refi. When I, when I bought my house here in Colorado, it was the easiest transaction for real estate I've ever had in my life. He handles everything. Like he has the heart of an educator, the heart of a teacher. And that's why we recommend him. I've known him for 10 years. I was best friends with his brother in college. I'm still good friends with Casey to this day. And we, we recommend him because of how good he is. So if you want to utilize Casey, give him a call, find out any information. Give him a shout at 919-710-1864, or you can also reach him at email at casey.burns at primelending.com. And also go check out his website, get all of his reviews at www.closewithkc.com. Thanks, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Hunt Lift Eat Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Luke, sitting here with my cousin, Consiguary, and co-host, Perry. What's going on, brother? Not much, man. Just got back from another short but uh, good trip to the mountains. Um, so that was, that was always a good time. How you been doing? Doing well, man. Just, uh, sitting here waiting on the word with the wife, if this baby's gonna be here or not. Yeah. It's funny. We were just talking off air. I was remembering back to when my son was born, dude, here's my advice. Get as I didn't, I know it's not really, you're not really natured this way anyway, but dude, take advantage of the opportunity to get some rest now while you can, because I stayed up late the night that uh, we actually, that she actually went into labor. I was, uh, I was up late, um, you know, just BS and not doing anything productive. She goes into labor and then I'm operating the next, you know, three, four, whatever days in the hospital off of next to no sleep. So go ahead and get to sleep now while you can. Yeah. I've been trying to bank it. What's wild is no matter what happens one way or the other, when this episode drops, the baby will be here. Think about that. That's crazy, man. Yeah, so yeah, it's wild because we're still an episode behind because we're having to drop a lot of the or record a lot of these early, and we've got the part two episode coming this coming week, and so next week the baby will be here, which is insane. It's gonna be a whole different world, brother. Yeah, yeah, it's a big step, but yeah, Caroline was asking me today. She was just like, "Are you feeling? Are you nervous? Anxious?" And I was just like, "No, nah, I mean, I kind of feel like I'm at the point in my life where I'm kind of ready," and then. I don't know what I don't know. So it just is what it is at this point. Like I just I fucking can't be nervous about, you know, I just let's go. I, I told her, it's like when you're sitting there and you're, you prep for a mission and you're waiting to go or like even like back in football, you're like right before the game, you just want to get the game going. Like that's exactly where I feel right now. Like let's just go. Well, and the reality is you've already got the gray hairs to go with the kid. So you're, you're ready, man. A brigade commander asked me if I was 42 the other day. <laughs> I didn't start getting gray hairs until my daughter was born, but hell, you've had them for a while. So started yeah, graying about, at 17. Yeah. About, about time you, you start having, having the youngins. So nah, it's exciting, man. It's, it's exciting times for sure. Yeah. I'm excited. dude. It's going to be cool. I'm just seeing like you and Jonah this weekend out there. Jonah's Perry's son for those that don't know like glassing for deer and him seeing his first bear. Like it's got me excited to have my little dude out there with me, like with the hunting and everything. It's going to be cool to, to bring him up into it. Oh, absolutely, man. It, it, 
this is you know really the first year that I've I've really tried to incorporate him into you know some of the the off season stuff and just the full the full picture. I took him out for his first sit. You know, last year we sat like an hour and a half and and you know hell we've talked about it before. You know, I had a whole tips episode on it, but it's been really fun, man. This year, this spring and summer, taking him out there with me, setting the trail cams doing putting out the minerals glassing for deer like i say we were we were riding around on the four-wheeler uh this morning actually um checking a couple cameras and a bear runs in front of us and that was the first bear he's ever seen you know in real life and he actually saw it before i did which was which was funny and he was all pumped he was all excited and then the first thing he told um he told my mom and told and told melissa my wife i was like I saw the bear before dad did. <laughs> he was, he was so jacked about it. So that, that stuff's cool, man. You got a lot to look forward to. Going to train that game. eye early, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. That's no, super no. cool. Yeah, it was, it's good stuff, man. Hell yeah. Well, I think, uh, <laughs> we'll see how my, we've got a lot of big plans for this fall. We'll see how they all turn out with the baby coming and everything. But I think this, uh, this episode, we're just going to talk about tags and everything we do have planned and the hunts we have planned and what our fall kind of looks like uh, for me and you. And then we'll progressively bring on a few of the team members going forward, and they're going to kind of talk their plans. So why don't you start us off with uh, September and what your and my September looks like? Yeah. Well, um, so September, what is it? Towards towards the end of September, I don't remember the exact date we're flying out, but the wife and I, are we're uh, leaving the kids with the grandparents and we are flying out to Colorado um, to meet the new kid, but also you and I are going to go do some antelope hunting. So the original plan was we, we, and we've talked about it before. The original plan was to get an archery tag and try to, uh, you know, just try to chase them with, with, with our bows. But you texted me what the other day, a week ago, whenever, and said that there were some of the leftover um, muzzleloader tags and so obviously that, that ups our chances significantly over a bow, especially with us both being still relatively novice bow hunters. So yeah, we, we both went ahead and, and got the uh, muzzleloader tag. And that's, that's the first one on the books this year for me, a brand new hunt in a brand new state. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I actually just went and I, I took the wife cause our weekends are pretty limited now with what she's able to do. And I figured you know, we could just go on a drive. So I took the truck and went out east. So we're hunting antelope uh, kind of east of where I live from the springs, from the front range. And we're going, um, it's it's kind of the the units around my house is this muzzleloader tag. And so we, we drove, there's a pretty big tract of, uh, of public access land on the state trust ranch. And we went and just drove all the whole perimeter and uh, we're kind of scouting it out, looking at the access points and everything. So it's pretty cool. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, by the end of it, I think she was getting pretty sick sick of it. She's she's just kind of miserable all in all right now. Uh, the baby weighed in th- uh, three weeks ago, like seven pounds. So I can only imagine how big he is right now. Damn, dude. Yeah. That's uh, that's a hoss. He's got shoulders like his daddy, I guess. Yeah. Dude, yeah, there's, there's the last few weeks. They're just, they're uncomfortable. They're miserable. Doesn't matter. You, you can be driving around, that seat reclined back, AC blasting. There's no way to get comfortable, so. I feel bad because she's she's a trooper and like she won't complain and like and when she does I know it's bad and, and she's just sitting there trying to trying to power through but yeah we, we did get some good scouting in and we both saw antelope and she had her binos I had mine we were scouting around and so uh, I'm excited I, I don't want to say I love our chances because it's 
public land in Colorado, so it's all, it's going to be crowded. But I'm hoping because it's muzzleloader, that's going to limit the number of other hunters. So it's not the same shit I was dealing with last year with my rifle hunt with antelope. And then the fact that I've got a doe and a buck tag. And then did you grab your doe tag? I just bought the one. So I sent you the the, the code. Grab the, the doe tag too. Just have both in your pocket. Okay. Um, okay. Just, I mean, odds of punching both are pretty low, but it'll be good to have both tags because uh, there's obviously have- more, more does than bucks. Yeah, no, it's one of those things. I just want to have options, and for the for the cost of of doing business, it's really it's worth it. By the time you know the plane ticket's already bought, we're making the trip regardless, so it'll be good. Yeah, and it's funny you say that. I'll, I'll by the time it airs, I'll already talked about that on our Tuesday Tips episode. But what I'm going to talk about with that is uh, is just kind of changing your mindset for Western hunting. Is that just in the East, you get very used to like buying your license and your tags and you've got like 12, do, you know, six doe tags and two buck tags or whatever it is. And in the West, I've really learned that the more tags you have in your pocket, the better, even if you know you're going to eat some of them, it's just kind of dollar cost averaging and just have more options. And then if you punch half of them, then you're doing great because it, nothing is guaranteed. Uh, I got lucky with the antelope, but the solid bet that the, or there was a solid chance I was going to get skunked last year. Uh, so the more the more tags you have, the better by far. Well, the reality is with this being my first Western trip, and only one of two Western trips that I'm making this year, and you know it's not like I'm going to be making half a dozen Western trips going forward. Uh, my my goal for for the first, obviously for this year, but even for the next couple of years, is really just to learn, you know, the Western hunting system, learn the ropes, learn how it, you know, how some of these different states handle their tags, handle their hunts, um, what it's like being in that open country for the antelope versus up in the, the big woods for elk. So to your point, having options, you know, it just makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, rolling into, do you have anything else in September or is that your only September hunt? So I'm going to be bow hunting, you know, around here in North Carolina. So in North Carolina archery season comes in. Uh, I can't remember the exact date, but it's sometime mid-September. Um, up in Virginia on our, you know, on our family farm there, archery season doesn't come in till beginning of October. So yeah, for September, it's pretty much just going to be the antelope hunt out there with you and then bow hunting here by the house. That is one thing I miss so much about hunting back east is just being able to hunt like throughout the season. With uh, the Western model, you're kind of like stuck to these small snippets of seasons based on the tags you have, unless you're hunting like early archery or whatever, which unfortunately this year I'm going to miss archery elk uh, due to obviously the baby. So I just decided to abstain from that and then I'll focus on potentially grabbing an elk tag later. But um, but yeah, it it is nice in the East being able to just, you know, you can hunt, you can go out and hunt for two hours, three hours. Like it's more of an ordeal out here. because you've got such a limited time, you've got to really maximize your time based on the tag you have. Yeah, particularly when you are fortunate to have a place that's relatively nearby. And that's that's something I've actually been thinking a lot about is, and it's something that might actually be worth delving into on another podcast, not not this one, but it's just making a concerted effort to have, have properties, even if it's not prime properties, even if it's just small, you know, kind of just stuff to, like you say, have those opportunities you go out for a couple hours before work or you 
you bug out early one afternoon and uh, go get in the go get in the stand, um, get in the tree, get you know, eke out a couple hours before the sun goes down. Those those kind of hunts, man, it, it's awesome. That was something we used to do all the time when we lived, you know, we were proximate up to the family farm. But with all of us away now, it's not something that we get to do anymore as much on the place that we grew up hunting. So it's uh, it's something that I have enjoyed about finding this property that that I have close to my house now. And, looking forward to continuing that this year it's funny like i was uh i was driving around looking you know you, you always think about public land and like it's such a kind of a two-edged knife or sword and, like it's awesome that we have the access but then it's also kind of sucks that everybody else has the access as well and uh, it can be frustrating especially in a state like colorado where one there's high population especially along the front range and then two there's a lot of people that come in out of state so i was thinking like man it'd be really cool to have an animal and it, antelope property but then you drive around in east colorado and you're like the fuck would i do with land out here <laughs> like i have to put in yeah. like a damn well with a fucking uh a wind or a windmill pump to get the water up to try to you know bring them in because water's king out there and like all this stuff and i was just thinking about it i was like man this is where it comes down to is like the cost of paying for access or paying for uh you know, a landowner voucher seems a lot less in comparison when you think about the cost of the land. And when you think about it, like, oh, I don't, you know, as, a, as a resident, I can pay, you know, 40 bucks and get my antelope tag. Sure. But then I'm going and I'm having to fight every other hunter. If I wanted to own that land, what would it cost versus if I pay an extra 500 or a thousand dollars, then I can hunt completely by myself, which seems like a lot. And I, I, I think it seems like a lot because it is a lot. But then when you compare it to like, what it would cost to own the land. You're like, ah, oh, it's really a lot more cost effective to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of wild to think about, but I mean, it makes sense. I mean, hell, if you were going to be there for, for a decade or, you know, a good chunk of chunk, good chunk of time might be, might legit be worthwhile. To pay for the landowner or to buy your own place. Well, I was thinking for the landowner voucher, but I mean, hell, I mean, maybe both. Yeah. But I, I don't think it is worth it for the to buy your own place unless you're going to like legitimately ranch or farm. And like the problem with these Colorado's, there's no fucking water, so you're having to irrigate the whole thing. And like cause I've looked at it from an agriculture yeah. standpoint because obviously I grew up around farms and stuff. But like, yeah, I, 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 that price seems a lot more reasonable once you start factoring in the big picture, and then you kind of start to understand why ranchers and farmers are charging what yep. they charge. Plus, folks are willing to pay it, so. You know, it's supply and demand like anything else, but, but yeah, let's go ahead and we'll roll into, into October. So I think the first thing we both have in October, well, you'll probably get a weekend in before, before me, but we've got our Virginia boat camp. Yeah, I'll definitely get a weekend before you. I'm absolutely planning on being up there on the family farm for, for the opener of archery season that first weekend in October. Doesn't matter whether my wife works or not. If she does, I'll just drop, drop the kids off the grandparents and I'll be out there. Um, but yeah, boat camp, that's going to be fun. You stick those kids in a dog kennel. Yeah. That'd be just fun. Well, hell, I mean, yeah, the problem <laughs> is I'll be, I'll be in the set. I was going to say, I could, John was to the point I could, uh, take him with me some, but yeah, not probably not for bow season. He's a little, little squirmy still, but yeah. So, so yeah, after the opener, um, the plan for now is to, to have a, a few of the team members up and, and do bow camp. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited as hell for that. Uh, Still up in the air on whether Evan's going to be there or not, but be me, you, and uh, potentially John and Andrew. 
and then if we if they can't make it, then we'll we'll go down the list for probably trying to open the invite up to some of the other team members. So, yeah, I'm I'm definitely stoked for that. I think it's all up in the air. It's going to depend on the kid and everything else. Uh, but I might actually end up coming up longer than a weekend because I'll be on leave at that point for paternity leave, and we were kind of thinking about coming. Uh, to see some family anyways. It's very, very up in the air for any family that's listening to this who do not mark this on your calendar. But there, there's a chance that we could uh, we could be heading up like a week or so. So that'd be, that'd be great for me because I'll get to hunt a lot. Yeah, more. for sure. That'd be awesome, man. And obviously, if that's the case, you're more than welcome to stay with us here. But if that ends up happening, I mean, I know you will, but definitely keep me in the loop because um, I'll take some time off. <laughs> we'll, let, we'll let the girls yeah, definitely. hang out with the kids and we'll uh, – let the grandparents do their thing. We'll get out to the farm. Dude, I need that so bad. I mean, I do love being in Colorado, but I miss the farm. I miss being able to piddle and just like cut firewood, just do all the shit that we grew up doing. Um, I just can't, it's, it's a lot harder. If I want to go cut firewood here in Colorado, I got to drive like an hour because um, there's no fucking trees yeah. where I live. So it's, it, I just, I miss that kind of shit a lot. So I'm a hundred percent, uh, pushing for that we'll see how it goes and we'll see how the kid is if he's colicky and screaming and crying i don't really want to take him on the yeah. plane but he's a pretty good natured kid which he probably won't be <laughs> yeah. but if he is what am i try to take it yeah. <laughs> and then it's going to depend on my work schedule as well what's going on with everything but but yeah hoping that'll work out and then i don't know i actually gotta look into this i think my antelope tag uh for wyoming comes in on the first of october and my mule deer tag comes in on the 15th of october so if my antelope tag's good that first weekend, I might actually putz up to Wyoming and try to at least do some scouting with a rifle on my shoulder. You know, if I see one, take the shot and do some like preliminary work with that. And then uh, once I get back from October from Virginia, then we'll be going into our Wyoming camp with Carter, uh, Jake Hacker from Survive the Hunt podcast. Uh, if you guys aren't listening to that, go check him out. He's awesome. He uh, super gracious guy. Pulled uh, Carter and I into his camp. We pulled Carter into his camp years ago, and then me last year, and it's been awesome. And then Anthony's coming out for the Wyoming hunt this year. Unfortunately, you didn't pull a tag, which is crazy. Wyoming cut their tags significantly last year, which is I know, unreal. man. I was bummed about that because when you first mentioned it, I was uh, I was viewing that as more of a kind of a, a, a backup to, to Idaho. And then the more we got to talking and thinking about, it, I was like, man, I could actually swing this, no problem. And didn't fucking draw which which sucked because i would have absolutely been there well what's crazy is that i didn't draw either for the doe tags i drew the antelope buck tag but i did the special draw which i paid double there's a lot of reasons why i did this so i paid double basically i didn't burn my antelope points that i've built up in wyoming and then i was able to still buy a point this year so the special draw break, break that down real quickly so, i mean you kind of just did but but break it down. I, I know you're not a, a true expert, but that was something that because like I've been, well, hell, we've been buying preference points in Wyoming for what the past two or three years now. So I've got actually got a couple. Yeah, yeah I think three. I've got a couple preference yeah. points, but I was like, so, well, I'm not going to burn a preference point yet. I'm I'm trying to get a few of those accumulated, and and so. But then you went ahead and did the uh, what's it called the special? Yeah, I think it's the special draws how they refer to it, and so. Uh, you can do it for mule deer and antelope and probably elk. I just haven't done it. My mindset with elk is I'm just banking elk points in Wyoming to be able to do like a trophy hunt later in life. Um, but I love going up. I mean, I went up last year for my first hunt for mule deer, loved it. And driving up, seeing so many antelope, I was like, I have to do antelope. 
but I didn't want to burn the points because the unit that we hunt in is not a trophy unit. It's kind of just, you're, there's a lot of antelope, but you're not going to, you know, it's, it's a lot of people can hunt it. You can draw it with no or one point. And I want to be able to hunt Wyoming with like a five or six point draw unit. And so the special draw, you pay twice the price, which sucks. I mean, you're paying like 600, 650 for the tag, which is, it, it, it's a kick in the nads, no joke. Um, as much as <laughs> we might appear to be big money posers, $650 for one antelope tag, getting about 80 pounds of meat off of it. It's, yeah, it's a lot, but it's not exactly free meat. At that you know, point. you're thinking, no, thinking about it long-term though, uh, it, it does make a little bit of sense and it guaranteed basically that I would get that, that, but I didn't, what's crazy. This is how competitive it was. I paid the money for the special draw and got my second choice unit. That never happens. Jake was like, what the hell? Cause J- and then with the doe tags, I didn't draw any of them either, um, which is yeah, wild. Yeah, it is wild. Because how long – I mean, Jake's been going out there for, for years now, hasn't he? I know Carter's been out a couple times. Yeah, like s- six or seven years. Jake's been – Jake went out there. So the first time he went out there – this is crazy. Um, this is just how much it's changed with Western hunting. And you can probably think Ranella and the Mediator crew and then Cam Haynes and all these folks – they're really, which, I mean, it's a good thing in the long run, probably. But uh, the first time he went out there, they had so many tags and they were having so much success that they didn't even want to hunt the last two tags. Damn, dude. <laughs> and like, literally, they went to the last, like, there was like one spot and they were like sitting there, they had two tags left. I think they each had like a doe antelope tag. And Jake was like, all right, we're going to drive past this one area. If they're there, we'll shoot them. If they're not, we won't. And they were there, and they ended up shooting them, so they tagged out. Like six tags each or something crazy. wild. Yeah, meanwhile, fast forward to this year, and I can't get one. Can't even get doe tags. Can't get a fucking doe. That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah, Wyoming's going to be a blast. Like I, I loved the Wyoming hunt last year. Uh, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, if you've heard the stories, if you if you're new, just go back and listen because there's some pretty pretty fun stuff with Carter killing his deer, and then me watching the buck that I watched for three and a half hours and had a I had an existential crisis on this mule deer buck uh, if I was going to shoot it or not. It was a 50 meters off the fucking property line, and I didn't shoot it or 100 meters or whatever it was. I ended up letting it letting it walk but I, it haunts me i'm hoping he's still around i think he made it because that was the last day of the rifle season so he should still be around hopefully he's there this year i catch him 20 20 meters that'd be wild side. man I, I i mean god i hope that happens i don't know what the what the chances are of that obviously but that would be pretty freaking wild because you're going to the the same the exact same unit right yeah and uh in true luke fashion since i you know live six hours away I'm gonna drive up before everybody else gets there, so I get two or three oh, days yeah, of hunting man. before the rest of the crew Why gets not? up. Fuck <laughs> yeah, exactly. them. Fuck you, Carter. Um, you better bring your own rosemary this time, asshole. <laughs> Speaking of Carter, I actually forgot. I mean, it's not exactly a, a hunting plan, but I do have one other September trip, which is actually a trip down to to see Carter um, down to Georgia. I'm gonna go down for a weekend. Um, actually, just in a, a few weeks, early September, and. Um, we're just going to go through some some property management stuff on his place, and I think we're actually going to bring him on at some point in the near future, talk about some of his goals for that, and then I'm sure we'll do a follow-up episode after that weekend. But, yeah, f- forget about that. That's definitely in the September plans. Not not hunting, but absolutely hunting prep. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. His, he's got a great little place there. You're going to love it. You're going to love his house, like his whole little setup. Like you're going to be – like it's, it's cool. 
um, I'm, I'm excited as hell for to hear about that. I wish I could be there with you guys, but it's going to be cool to uh, to hear the the outcome of kind of what you your recommendations are for his piece of property, and then kind of the way ahead and how he like actualizes, and then like the results from from that going forward. It's going to be cool. Hopefully, you guys get some video content as well because uh, really this fall really want to get a push on video content, start producing a lot more for the YouTube channel that has zero things on it right now. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the goal for sure. Uh, we've, we've talked about that a little bit and I'm sure when, once we actually bring him on, we'll, we'll get into the nitty gritty of the plans and try to get some, uh, get some video content that would be nice to have. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see, see his place. I'm sure it's just going to make me like want to get back into the whole homesteading thing. I've been kind of, romanticizing about that for for years off and on and um so that'll be exciting yeah i definitely feel that my fill the temp at a garden this year uh really hit that home so i i'm ready to get out of the neighborhood and get a little piece of dirt that's more than just a quarter acre lot or whatever the hell i have less than that whatever my fucking fraction of a fraction of an acre of a lot is but yeah back back to the plans um so other than that, there's still an outside chance that I may try to sneak up to Ohio at some point in October. Um, I think we had talked a little bit about that previously. That's still kind of on the on the back burner for me as a possibility. Um, if it if it presents itself as an option, I'm going to try to you know pull all the stops and, and make it happen. Um, but there's a there's a couple other people that that may be going on that trip. And it'll just depend on their schedules and and whether or not they uh, they can make it work. And I, I probably am not going to go solo this year. Although it's definitely something I'd be interested in um, in the future. So yeah, that that's a that's an outside chance for October for me. And that's pretty much it for October. Yeah, that wraps up mine as well. Uh, well, kind of. So October thirtieth up until like November 9th, I actually have a mule deer tag that was able to snag left over. It was turned in. Um, it's actually a fairly hard tag to draw, but it's in a unit that's mostly private. And so it's a good unit for private land hunting. Not the best for public, but it's a hard unit to draw, if that makes sense. So I was able to snag it. Uh, there are a few pockets that I'm going to hit. I've been, I dropped my waypoints. I was going to, I kind of planned to go out there when I was scouting for the antelope, but just kind of in the same area. It's on the east side. So you're looking at a lot more ag fields. You're not up in the high country at all. Um, so it's kind of low country mule deer, but there's some big deer down there. So hopefully um, I can catch someone slipping and get it on the public, but it's probably not a high likelihood of success. There's also a chance, you know, if I can bang on some doors, maybe get some access. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. What, uh, just out of curiosity, what, what's the ag like in that area? Is it predominantly corn and, and soy, like a lot of it, or is it other shit too? A lot of sod farmers, which is interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I wonder how how that is for mule deer habitat. Because I don't know shit about it. They seem to hit it pretty hard. Um, they definitely like the ag. Obviously, anything irrigated is going to be the place where they hit. And then, I mean, they, they eat the hell out of sage, too. But it seems like if they have the choice between the irrigated ag fields and the sage, they're going to hit the irrigated ag fields every time. But, yeah, I don't have a ton of experience. I'm Mostly where we're hunting up in Wyoming is a lot more similar to where I'm at in East Colorado than it is up in the high country. It's, it's a lot of sage flats. There's ag fields. You're kind of looking and you're trying to catch them moving edge to edge. 
looking where the water is, that sort of thing. It's not Wyoming, the Wyoming hunt is not what I was expecting at all for Wyoming. I don't know why, because the majority of Wyoming is like prairie, but in my head, I was thinking mountains. Yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, I haven't spent that much time out west. I've spent a little bit, but you just, you you always have those big mountains at the forefront of your visualization when you're thinking about the different landscapes out there. And then you look at a, you look at an aerial map and you look at like a third of eastern Colorado is just grasslands, prairie, ag, flat. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's not really what you picture. Yeah, I mean, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, it's all like most of the state is actually not mountains. In all, in all three states, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, so from there, I guess for me, opening up November, <laughs> typically November 1 rolls around, I'm going to start to be thinking about that, uh, you know, that whitetail rut, obviously around here, but not this year. Um, this year, the first two weeks in, in November is the, uh, the Idaho elk hunt with Evan. So, um so yeah, he he drew that tag. So I'm not I I I'm got rid of my my archery tag over the counter and I'm going to just tag along with him. Um that's the plan now. And so that season is is I think November 1 to November 15. Um and so we're going to try to get out there as close to possible to November 1 as we can. That's oddly enough my daughter's birthday, so I'm sure I'm going to have to stay home to celebrate her birthday with the family, but from there we're going to peace out. I'm not sure if we're driving or flying yet um, out to Idaho. And then we're going to catch up with Trent. Hopefully Chad's going to be able to join us as well. Um, Chad is Evan's buddy and Trent is Chad's brother. Um, I think we've talked a little bit about this. They, The two of them and their their uh, kids have come up to our family farm a couple years um, and hunt a whitetail with us. They're from out west. Trent has a ton of experience on elk, as does Chad. And so... We're gonna we're gonna tag along with them, let them return the favor of playing host and go get after some elk in uh in early November. That's awesome, man. I'm super, super excited for you guys and uh and jealous. I wish I could tag along. Not gonna work out with the schedule, but like that's badass. That's gonna be a fun hunt. Uh, especially with Trent. I mean, he is such a wealth of knowledge. Um, it's gonna be funny because you're not ever going to even have a tag and I'm going to be picking your brain for everything you learn from tranks. I don't know shit really about elk hunting other than YouTube videos and podcasts. So I'm going to have to get it all from you. Uh, that's so cool. Yeah, it is. And that, that was really the, the big reason why I was like, fuck it. I'm not going to try to do this over the counter shit with a bow by myself. Um, I'm going to go with, with Evan since I didn't draw, um, Evan, Evan drew, I did not for, for this muzzleloader tag. And I'm just going to go tag along, help them hopefully pack out a bunch of meat and spend, you know, five, eight, 10, 12, 14 days, whatever it is in the mountains and just pick, pick their brains, learn the, learn the terrain, learn how to hunt these critters that I, you know, damn near know nothing about. And <laughs> it's going to be a, it's going to be well worth the, the price of admission with the education. Yeah, well, keep me posted. If uh, if it times out and you guys need another guy just to carry meat, I'm fucking in. So, did Evan buy a muzzleloader for this? Uh, I'm not sure. I know I know it was something he was talking about. We'll have to have to tag him on that because I'm not positive. I'm pretty sure Idaho has the same laws as Colorado. No, scopes. they do. So they do. Yeah. If it is, then yeah, you should just take his muzzleloader and not buy one for the animal farm. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah, because they definitely have the same the same rules as that traditional no scope. Um, 
true to bore. So, if anybody has a lead on two hundred nine primers out there, anybody, slide these DMs. I'll buy all of them. Yeah, hit us up. Get on Instagram and let us know. Because I really need two hundred nine primers. I have some left over from last season, but I want more. So <laughs> yeah, you and hit your boy up. <laughs> you and about a thousand other dudes, I'm sure. I'm really hoping though that that works in our favor and there's a ton of like new dicks out there trying to hunt muzzleloader antelope and they can't because there's no 209 primers. And the fact that I stocked up a little bit last year will come into handy and we can at least get out and hunt with them. But who says it doesn't pay to be a prepper? Exactly. So yeah. Well, yeah. So the rest of November for me is wide open. Um, You'll be hitting Idaho and then I'm going to be possibly I don't know. I'm almost hesitant to even talk about the rest of my November because it's so up in the air and my family listens to this podcast and they're going to be like, oh, you said this. But um, there's a chance that I go to Virginia. There's a chance I go to Alaska and there's a chance I go to Texas. So one of those three or two of the three will probably happen. Uh, Not sure exactly. And there's a chance your ass stays right home in Colorado with your wife and your new kid. (laughs) Well, all those trips minus Texas, the wife and the kid would come with me. But yes, there is a there is a sh- strong possibility that I just sit in Colorado and do no hunting for the rest of November, which will probably kill me a little bit inside, but might be the best thing for the family. Yeah, no, I, I mean, obviously, I hope that doesn't happen. So obviously, I, I know a little bit about the Virginia, and we've talked a little bit about Texas. Um, what would the Alaska return trip look like? So Pat and I have very, very preliminarily preliminarily I have problems with words especially my R's uh, talked about it that it would be a late season caribou hunt tied in with the bear tag that I already have uh, that's right but we haven't talked about yet we haven't talked about it in a while uh, and so I gotta I gotta plug back in with Pat holler at him see what his schedule looks like Caroline and Kelsey obviously they're gonna do their thing with the kids and, excuse me but like um, that that's that's kind of where I'm weaning. That's what I would like to do because I'm still sitting on this bear tag and I would like to try to at least give it another good try to punch Hell it. Yeah. But we'll just have to see. Well, and it's fucking Alaska, you know? I mean. It's so fun. It'll be cool. To, and, like, at this point, I'm like, oh, I just want to go to Alaska in the winter now. Like, I already saw it in the summer. Like, let's go to the winter and, like, let's just see it. Yeah. Like, I, I loved Alaska. Fell in love the second I, I landed. And I'm, I'm pretty hooked. So I want to go once or twice a year the rest of my life well hell we talked about it previously i think it was actually an episode carter was on before that for me man it's it's pretty attainable obviously but that that caribou that caribou hunt up there would be near or the top of my you know kind of kind of wish list for right now so like i said you've already got the the bear tag in your pocket you've got a contact up there i mean as much as i'd love your ass to come back home to virginia Dude, if Alaska works out, that that would be that would be pretty stinking sweet. Yeah, as much as I would love to get a, I haven't gotten to hunt rifle season in Virginia for a couple of years now, and if I if I could swing that, I would love it. Especially with me leaving next year, probably uh, not being able to hunt in the states. But Alaska is too too good to pass up. If it, if that pans out and the kid's good enough to make that kind of flight, like I think I think we'll go. Might have to move some money around and sell some shit. Maybe mortgaging off my extra truck or something. But 
that Tacoma that's just sitting in the parking lot. Yeah. Not running. <laughs> the one I flipped yeah. last year. Cash in that sucker. I want to keep it. Yeah, I want you to keep it. I'm hoping. My plan in October is to get that some bitch. Well, really, late September, early October is to get that some bitch running again. Kind of got it mapped out. I think I can. If I can get it running again, then I'm going to start working on the body. But that's the, that's the goal. I want to turn it into my hunting truck. Yeah. No, that's a great little hunting rig. I, I mean, obviously, I love that damn truck. So I would I would hate to see you sell it. But if it meant, you know, a trip to Alaska, I'd get it. I'd understand. Well, <laughs> for those that don't know, a little background. So this was the truck that Perry, this is his first truck. He drove it for a long ass time, sold it to me uh, later in life. And then I drove it as my daily driver for a long time. And then last year I was on a mule, well, heading to a mule deer hunt uh, up west of Boulder, Colorado. And I was up on a forest service road, hit some ice, slid, hit a rock, a big boulder that was in the middle of the road, high walled the boulder, flipped the truck on its side, sat there for a couple hours It hydro locked. So the truck doesn't run. Obviously that side's fucked up. It's been sitting in the front of my house for the past I don't know. Damn shit. Damn near a year now. Probably what, eight, 10 months as my wife constantly lets me know that the truck's still sitting there. Uh, the, the plan is to take it, get it running again, which shouldn't take too much at this point. I don't think. And then uh, redo the body and then continue to build it out and do a, my little mountain hunting rig because it's going to do way better than my current truck, which is uh, a larger full sized. But yeah. As with all things, time is the limiting factor. Yeah, it always is, but it's one of those deals. If you can ever ever make it all come together, that, that would be sweet. Rest of November, Texas. If I go to Texas, it'll probably be to hunt with uh, Caleb, which we might be able to swing with some of the boys. I know, Perry, you've kind of talked about it. Uh, maybe a little bit. Evan has talked about it. And then also I have the camp that I was invited to uh, – last year which was phenomenal i don't know if the invite's still open or not which is fine either way i absolutely understand it's a pretty exclusive deal but uh i think that's still potentially on the table so i'm kind of leaving some space open in case i get that call because i would drop it all and and head down there because that is a uh absolutely awesome camp with some phenomenal folks that i I definitely wouldn't want to miss but uh you got anything else perry i guess you're rolling into rifle rut right back at the farm yeah, for sure. That's obviously uh, Virginia Rifles, two weeks there, mid into November. That's always the, the bread and butter for that time of year, um, which will be interesting just having gotten back from it. Typically, I spend, you know, the first, well, last year I spent the first couple couple weeks up there trying to kind of with the bow, um, getting the feel for things with the rut. Um, it'll be weird having two weeks completely removed or potentially up to two weeks completely removed and then diving back into full-blown rut up there. But on the other hand, like you said, I'm trying to kind of leave end of November and leading into December somewhat open and flexible. Obviously, I would I would hate to miss um, rifle season on the family farm. That's, you know, that's always the family, kind of the family time to everyone tries to get back and and uh, get after that. But yeah, the opportunity with, with uh, Caleb down there in Texas would be cool um, if that works out. And then leading into December, uh, I may have an opportunity to go to Texas as well on a Sandhill crane hunt with my brother-in-law. Um, don't know exactly where yet. and can't really, 
can't really get into too much of the details just because of the of the uh you know the the place we're going and it's somewhat private kind of invitation only kind of deal but uh, my brother-in-law got an invitation and he got uh you know got told that he could he could bring a plus one so (laughs) hey i might be the plus one and i'm really looking forward to that if it happens that's badass uh that'll be a super cool hunt one of those that like you just don't really get a whole lot of opportunities to hit up well and totally totally new for me i mean i've never oh yeah so i mean shit I was talking, and Ian, my brother-in-law, he's never hunted them before. I was like, man, how much do you know about these? He was like, well, I know they taste pretty good. At least that's what I've heard. I was like, yeah, that's pretty much the extent of my knowledge, too. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I think most of our knowledge is just straight up comes from fucking meat eater, ribeye of the sky. You know, like, that's all we know about sandhill cranes. Yeah, pretty much. So that would be, um, that'd be pretty dope if that works out. I'm not counting on it but i'm yeah again i'm trying to leave the back end of november and leading into december somewhat somewhat flexible just in case that opportunity arises well you're going to be chasing hopefully chasing some birds uh evan's coming to colorado to do his you know rounds out to see the baby uh spend a little time with his nephew and then me and him as as usual we can't waste a good trip without a hunt involved but uh, we grabbed some some private land vouchers for some mule deer doe tags for Colorado, um, which I'm really excited about. Uh, one, because it's just going to be fun to go after some muley does and then get some meat on the table. It's going to be Evan's first uh, mule deer hunt. Uh, hopefully, it's not his first western hunt. I really hope he's already hit Idaho at that point. You and me both. Um, yeah, everything we just talked yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but hopefully, it's his second western hunt, and we go tag some, some mule deer does. But I'm also very excited for the relationship we're hoping to build and we are building with uh, the fellas that, and and I'm hoping to have the, basically there's a leasing agency that um, is is working. They have a ton of properties in Oklahoma. They've expanded into Colorado and uh, I've been talking to the fellow, his name's John Bivens, but hoping to have him on the podcast at some point to talk to with Perry and I about everything he's doing, his business model, all that. He's a, he seems like an awesome guy. I've had some great conversations with him. And we're hoping to, to build a relationship going forward in the future. So I'm hoping this will lead into to some more options for some, some really cool hunts going forward because they have some awesome, awesome properties. Uh, the the state record for um, Oklahoma archery whitetail buck was was killed on one of their properties, which is pretty badass. Yeah, that's definitely badass. I, I'm I'm jealous of that of that trip with you boys. I know that was. Uh... That was something I was looking at. I was like, man, I just don't think there's there's any way that's in the cards to go back to Colorado for me this year. But I'm absolutely wanting you wanting you to develop that relationship, and I would love to to bring that guy on and have a conversation with him, just pick his brain, and that would be just an incredible resource. Um, so that'd be awesome. Well, and the cool thing is, is like it's back to what we were talking about with the, when I was thinking about the antelope is you're not necessarily paying for the access. You're just paying to not deal with all the other fucking hunters, which is the point in my life that I'm at kind of where, where I want to be because it is really frustrating when you're trying to do your hunt and then you've got, you know, 50 or 60 swinging dicks out there. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would definitely pay for, um, for that. Not even having had the experience that you had last year with that, antelope hunt and fighting the fighting the crowds but just knowing 
I mean, hell, like like we talked about, just knowing the fact that I put in for a, a, a doe tag in Wyoming and didn't draw. I mean, that just tells you how competitive it is. So, yeah, it's one of those things. If you can if you can develop that relationship and, and uh, yeah, maybe pay a little extra, but fuck it. I mean. Well, and we've had a lot of conversations about this. We haven't really hit on it in a while for some of our newer listeners, but we, all of us, uh, especially the core team guys, I, I can't speak wholesale for everybody else, but we've kind of started to build our lives to be able to afford uh, financially to be able to do the things we want to do. Um, and so where I'm sitting here is like, do I want to spend? Yes. I can spend the $40 to buy the doe tag to hunt the public. That's very scarce and sparse in these areas. Or I could spend the $400 and grab the doe tag and know that me and Evan will be the only two guys hunting that piece of property while we're out there. That's well worth it in my well worth and where I'm at. Well worth the price of admission. hundred percent, you know, and and it, it's not about, and this goes back to the, you know, the conversation that I had on the, the Tuesday tips is like, it's not about necessarily the money you're spending for the meat and for the animal. It's about the overall experience. It's about the camaraderie, the, the brotherhood, the friendship, like everything that goes into a camp, like there's just, there's so much stuff that goes into hunting that is so much more than like tangibly the meat, which don't get me wrong. Meat is a huge driver. We talked about this in the past when we were talking about the Lone Star Tick, like if you got hit with the Lone Star Tick and you couldn't eat red meat anymore, would you hunt? It's like, I don't know that I would. Like, I mean, maybe ducks and bird, like anything that's white meat that I could eat, but like if I couldn't eat a deer, I would have pretty much no desire to kill the deer but there's so much more that goes into it than just the kill the hunt the eating it's everything else and i I think that's kind of what you start to pay for at this point because it's it is it's getting so competitive it's it's crazy um it's a good problem I, i obviously encourage new hunters and i want new hunters and i want folks to get into it but it is getting more and more competitive and folks just need to realize that you're at a certain point, you're just going to have to pay to play. Well, and I was talking with Evan the other day. I mean, if you think about it, there's a, there's a, assuming shit doesn't get screwed up with things outside of his control, but there's a decent chance this year that he could check off his first, his first two Western trips with an Idaho elk trip and a Colorado mule deer trip. And the fact that y'all got this, this, uh, this voucher or this lease or whatever it is on this, this private deal, which greatly increases your chance of success. And the fact that we're going again to Idaho with, with a couple of guys that are well-versed in elk hunting and have been elk hunting their entire lives. They know the ropes, dude, there's a, there's a good chance. Evan could, could kill an elk and a mule deer his first year making a Western trip. Like that is not outside of the realm of possibility at all. That's fucking badass, man. And and he works his ass off. He's put himself in that position. He's uh he's had opportunities before that didn't come through for various reasons. And so, dude, I'm I'm stoked as hell that that's a possibility for him this year. And for for it to be, you know, for you to be on one of those trips, and then for the other to be with his with his good buddy Chad and Trent, like you say. And hopefully, I'm gonna be able to tag along as well. Man, it doesn't get any better than that. Hundred percent, dude. And like. I can tell you right now, if I miss next season because I'm uh, in Europe, 
even if I get to do a couple of Europe hunts, which I'm, I'm trying to line up, I'm fucking doing a guided elk hunt, dude. Like, I don't care what state it is, whether it's New Mexico, fucking uh, Colorado, or, or Wyoming. Those are, like, the three right where I'm at. Uh, I'm just going to do guided because, like, there's a massive learning curve. I do work my ass off. I'm, I save. I invest. I, I do all these things. And it gets to the point that, like, I want to get on an elk and, like, I'm going to learn so much from the guided experience and like there's different guided experience, right? There's a guy that just wants to be like hand walked to the animal. You pull the trigger and then it's over. Like, okay, that that's not me. Like my guy's probably going to get annoyed because I'm going to ask him so many fucking questions. Like the whole time I just want to, I just want to learn like, okay, what are you thinking? Like, how are we doing this? Like, like, let's look at the topo. Okay. Like, like let's, let's talk terrain topography. Like you start asking all these questions. You can learn so much from your guides, all this institutional knowledge. And you're paying for that on top of your paying to get put on an animal. And so that, that's, I've already decided, like when I, the year after Europe, my Europe rotation, I'm a hundred percent doing a guided elk hunt and I'm going to try to kill, you know, and it, I don't give a, I don't give a fuck if I kill a spike. I really don't. I just want to get on elk and get shot opportunities. And then it's on me. Like that, that's where it comes down to. So. Yeah. I a hundred percent get that. That's, that's the reason that's, I mean, that is the reason that I'm tagging along with Idaho, other than the fact that, like, going on an elk hunt with my brother is badass. But it's, yeah, it's to get that knowledge, just to, to be there, pick the brain. I want to, like, I want to, even though I didn't draw a tag, I want to come back and tell, you know, tell my son, tell my five-year-old son, yeah, your uncle shot an elk, and I helped him pack it off the mountain, and we're grilling up some elk steaks tonight. And this is, you know, the meal that you're about to eat is from, the animal that your dad and your brother, you know, killed in Idaho. Um, and dude, I, you know, I hope, I hope Evan and you have that the exact same experience with that mule deer hunt. That kind of shit is, it, it's almost, it's almost invaluable. And so if you have those opportunities to, to spend those few extra bucks, you put yourself in that position. We've, you know, we've talked about this in the past. We don't have to completely rehash it, but we all work our asses off year round. We try to make smart decisions. We try to, you know, put ourselves in a in a place where we can take advantage of this opportunity. And dude, it's right around the corner. We're coming up on game time, and I'm starting to get fucking pretty excited, man. This is gonna be this is gonna be a big year for the uh, for the HLE team. Oh yeah, uh, Caleb's got an Idaho hunt. Uh, Derek and his boys are coming out to uh, Colorado. Anthony's coming out to Wyoming. I'm trying to think who else has got big hunts. I don't know. Like, I'm stoked that we just added Ashley because I know she's from Kansas. Yep. Her boyfriend is from fucking Iowa. So, like, in the future, we're trying to line up that shit. And that's what, like, the whole group is all about, all about is we're going to trade hunts. And, oh, and this is perfect segue going into December is we're hoping to have our first annual HLE hunt yep. trip. Uh we had the fish trip. It's up in the air where it's going to be. Yeah, we had the fishing trip in the in the summer, and hopefully we're going to do this. The plan is, and, and even when I'm gone, I want you guys to run this shit without me, but we'll get to that later, but is we'll do a, a fishing trip in the spring, summer, and then a hunting trip in the, the fall and winter. I think it might line out that it uh, ends up at our family farm. It may not. We got There's a lot of lot of factors there, so it's, it's still up in the air, but if it does, that'll be a hell of a time, and we're going to pull everybody in it'll probably be a doe only trip but it's going to be a hell of a time uh it'll be about hunting but it's going to be mostly about camaraderie bringing everybody in 
doing some competitions. I'm going to set up a little 3D, uh, short little 3D course that hopefully in the in the future we can continue to grow. I do a couple of challenges and fitness stuff. Like I think it's going to be a hell of a trip. I'm really extremely excited. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what's going to be taking us into December, and then we'll roll. That'll be like archery, late muzzleloader, and then I know me and you and Evan and whoever else is around through Christmas will be kind of hunting that up until January. Yeah, that'll be kind of the the big, you know, kind of the last shebang for me, as far as I know. Um, closing out the season, the year with that uh, with that team trip, I'm excited, man. I hope it all comes together, regardless of where it is. Obviously, if it's at the if it's at the farm, that'd be cool. Um, a lot of the team members, you know, there's, it's funny how the team has, has shaken out. There's a lot of connections that, that are there that you didn't even necessarily, um, know were there, but you know, when, when the team first started building out, but a lot of the guys, you know, we've, we've obviously done the podcast and have had some of the different members on, but a lot of the guys still haven't met each other in person yet. So it'll be cool to bring, try to bring as many of the guys and, and, and Ashley, obviously gal. Uh, now as as well that can come together for that um i'll tell you one thing every single time i've been up to the farm this spring and summer i see a shit ton of deer we did not kill enough does last year so i hope i hope these team members want to if it does work out that we're coming to the to the farm um yeah we need to get after some does because there's there's plenty of them out there yeah, that's something we, we've got to do a better job of. And I was even talking a little bit um, about it in that I might even snag a few folks. It'll probably be the core dudes, uh, John, Andrew, you, Evan, to take over to my the dad's over at the uh, the 40 acres. that he. So for those that don't know, I, we've got the family farm that Perry, Evan, and I all kind of hunt at. That's the our mom's side of the family. And then my dad's side of the family, we have another farm. But he leases that out to hunters. And so I try not to hunt. I'm, I'm allowed to hunt out there. I don't hunt out there very much just because I know the hunters, are the guys that pay for the lease are out there hunting. There's a 40, 50 acres that aren't part of that lease that we need to start killing some deer on. It's, it's cool. I'm, I'm really excited for December. Hopefully this trip lines up. I don't know with my schedule, with everybody's schedule, if it is going to work. But it's going to be an awesome time if it does. And uh, I think we can really get after some some doe management and really kind of take the relationships with the team to the next level. What you were saying with, like, folks that haven't met each other, it's crazy how close and how cool, like, everybody is with not even knowing each other in person. Like, the shit talk, the camaraderie, the brotherhood, the sisterhood. I mean, we, we got Ashley now. Uh, it, it's awesome. It's, it's more than I it, – it was my – kind of my end state, my goal, but it was more – it's, it's – surpassed what i was expecting it really is pretty incredible i mean i was thinking about it earlier as we were uh talking about me going down to georgia because i haven't even met carter in person yet (laughs) i mean obviously we've chatted a ton on the podcast text you know the group chat the whole nine back and forth forever it feels like now but still yet to actually meet him in person shake his hand you know same with Derek. obviously evan and Derek go way back they've you know they've talked about that but um, and so I've, I've known, known about Derek, heard that, but I'm, I'm yet to meet Derek in person. So there's just all those different, different connections. I, I really hope that, that, uh, that team trip pans out. I think that'd be a fantastic way to close out the season, get all the guys together, hear the different stories, hear about everyone's trips. I'm sure there'll be a ton of, <laughs> a ton of, uh, shit talking and a ton of good content that could come out of that, but that would be, 
that'd be awesome, man. What would be really cool as uh, I was just thinking about this is so our first podcast episode was in the tool shed there at the farm. Year and so anniversary. We do our last podcast episode of the first yep. year uh, in the same tool shed with all the boys and gals and like everybody there. And we'll just pass the mic around, do the whole thing. Like, even if it doesn't make any sense, that one will not make any sense. No. We're all going to be fucking drunk as hell. But it'll, it'll be fun and it'll be, that'll be a hell of a time. And that will be super cool to bring in the first year of the podcast because uh, I think I can speak for everybody where like none of us expected any of this. Like, it's, it's been phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. So that'll be cool. I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, Damn, the more we talk about it, the more we, we got to make it happen. It's got to be agreed. It. It'd be a hell of a way to, to celebrate a year of the HLE podcast and and uh, an exciting-ass year of, of these different trips that we just talked about. I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm fucking stoked. It's all just around the corner. It's it, This hunting season, and uh, obviously I've got some massive life changes on the horizon with the, the new baby, uh, which I'm so excited for. But just the whole fall and everything coming up, I'm – I, I can't really articulate how ready I am for all of it. It's, it's going to be awesome. Um, just the prep. I've been hitting it hard and heavy with the bow. Finally got my like new arrow build, like dialed in, like so rewarding building your own arrows. I was going to tune my bow myself. Then I realized I don't know what the fuck I'm doing when my dude at the shop started, you know, pranking on my Speaking cams. Of language you don't understand. But, dude, when I, when I had mine tuned last year, it was the same kind of thing. Like I was just like, wow, there's, I don't. I know nothing about archery, which I mean, I, I really did. I didn't know shit. But um, yeah, we need to, we need to get into that at some point. Obviously, not tonight. We're already at an hour. But um, I want I want to hear about the process of how that arrow build went and the things you've learned with trying to do that that uh, that setup yourself. Um, I I was originally kind of planning to redo my arrow setup this year. I think I'm just going to put that off and just kind of run the setup I had last year. But um, at some point, I'm going to probably likely be completely switching gears on my setup. So that would be interesting to see how that worked out for you. Dude, I'd probably build your arrows for you. Um, at this point, I've got all this shit. Like, it, it's really – it's kind of therapy for me. I, I like it. it it's it's cool. Uh, obviously, that's a whole other podcast. I'm going to talk about the whole, the whole thing. But it's been fun. I've learned so much. That's why I really wanted to do it myself this year was because I knew it was going to be a forcing function for me to learn. And then I also learned how much I don't know, uh, which was kind of humbling. But because I, I had big plans of doing everything myself this year, which was just not feasible. But it has been cool going to the archery shop, me doing the shooting. Um, we're turn, we're tuning everything like together versus just me giving them, them my bow and then leaving, and then I come back and think about because there is a difference in the tune versus you versus and how you shoot, your posture, your height, your anchor point, your release versus you know the guy at the bow shop um so you're gonna get a better tune when you're actually the one shooting the bow so but yeah it's uh it's definitely been a process i i, I don't know shit about archery still to this day uh, that's why i never try to like really give anybody archery tips other than just like get the reps in because there's so much like that goes into it it's fun though it's fun to learn it really is i mean it's one of those things that just pushes you to to keep expanding those horizons and you the more you know the more you realize how much you don't know and um yeah it's it's uh it, it sounds like you've got a good bow shop there which is one of those things i think is absolutely paramount um for any any new or, or first time 
hunters out there thinking about picking up a bow, definitely find a good a good bow shop. Find guys that know what they're talking about that are willing to take the time, explain it to you, um, help you out with your setup, and that's going to be an incredible resource. It sounds like you've got that. So, yeah, we'll have to get into some some archery stuff on at, at some point on a later pod because we're not the guys to to break it down, but we uh, we we need to learn. We want to learn and. And, um, it's something that I don't see, I, I dude, I fucking love bow hunting after one year. I'm, I can't tell you, I mean, I'm excited for, oh, it, it's so, I was telling Evan, man, it's, it's just so different. It, it, the whole thing, getting out there in September or early October, it's a different time of year. Um, I mean, hell, we, I was up until just very recently, we were thinking about picking up our bows and chasing antelope in Colorado. Like I would have never imagined that just a, a couple years ago. So it's been a wild ride, man. It's going to be fun. I decided if we if we tag out, not even tag out, if we tag one of, we each have two tags, if we tag 50% of our tags with the muzzleloader, I'm figuring that's 100 to 60 yards, right? We're going to get to somewhere in there, take the muzzleloader shot. After that, it's fucking bows only, boys. <laughs> that's what we're doing. I love it. Luke, ever the, ever the optimist. <laughs> Oh, I'm actually a massive pessimist when it comes to hunting. <laughs> this is this here's my my piece of advice for any new hunter. You need to expect to not to punch your tag and you're just going to learn. Once you punch your tag, then you can start expecting to punch your tag. But if you've never punched a tag, expect to not punch that tag. You'll be set up for success, I promise. <laughs> yeah, you won't be like me who who Killed a deer, his first archery sit ever. Got cocky as a motherfucker. <laughs> and then struck out the entire rest of the season. <laughs> That's so funny because uh, he texted me. He texted John. You know, he texted everybody, of course. And and John calls me. And he's like, this motherfucker, he has no idea. <laughs> he has no idea. Because <laughs> John and I is like, first season's hunting, we're, ve- we're bow hunting, we're very similar. It was public land first time like working our asses off and at the end of the season we both connected with does this was also john was like two years ahead of me but like we both connected with does which was like the most satisfying doe kills of our lives right like it's just phenomenal and then perry's first said he hammers this doe and john was so like we were both just like this motherfucker has no idea (laughs) who who said bow hunting was hard yeah that was exactly what he texted us picture of the dead deer who said bow hunting was hard? We were both about to lose our minds. <laughs> but you did fucking connect, yeah. dude. Uh, that is a money spot, though. That, that, that food plot we've talked a lot about. That's a little that, micro plot there. That, and it is a hunting That hole. exact spot, almost literally within feet of that spot, is where Jonah and I were on the four-wheeler this morning when we saw the bear. So it was, I mean, it was right there. It's, it's a, it's just one of those places. It's kind of a, you know, there's a little bit of a, a natural funnel with the topography. We've got that little honey hole um, opened up there with the food. It's a, it's a killer spot. It's fucking right above our hunting cabin. It's very close. It's accessible. So it knows it pays to know the property. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, we're coming up over an hour now, so let's go ahead and wrap this one up, man. It's been a, it's been cool. I, it's got me. I'm so excited for this fall now. For this conversation. I am too, man. I'm stoked. I am too. We were uh, we were talking the other night off offline, and man, it's like I the past the past week, past couple of weeks, like dude, work has been nuts. Things are just fucking crazy right now. 
but every night I find myself lying in bed, and the only thing I'm thinking about is this fucking Colorado trip, opening day of, of bow season, like driving out to Idaho or flying out to Idaho, whatever, with Evan, chasing elk for the first time ever, hopefully. Like all of these, it, man, it's going to be a wild year. I, I, you know, I hope it all pans out. We'll see. There's, there's still some things that are up in the air, but I'm super excited. It's going to be fun. Yeah, where uh, where can everybody follow you on Instagram there, old, old Perry? Yeah, they can hit me up on the gram at perry.r.eisner. That's I-S-N-E-R. Uh, give me a follow. Um, let us know uh, your thoughts on the podcast. Um, we appreciate all the feedback. Um, it means a ton to us. Again, this is something that we did not ever foresee. It's been awesome. Um, love hearing the, uh, the support the questions that you guys give us. If you got ideas for, you know, Tuesday tips, things that you think would be helpful to talk about things you've learned along the way, let us know, man. It's been, it's been a blast and, and we love hearing from you guys. Yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the engagement, the feedback, the questions, everything is, is unreal. It, it's more than we ever expected. And we appreciate the hell out of every single one of you guys. Um, if you guys want to follow me, hit me up at Luke.d.cox. Follow the uh, official hunt lift eat page at hunt lift eat official why it's the official page you know uh that's where we put out most of all the information it's pretty much through our instagram we also have uh a facebook page which is the same facebook slash hunt lift eat official but what we've really started to build and it's starting to build out is the hunt lift eat forum which is a facebook group on obviously on facebook uh go hit that up that is where we bring everybody together. So if you want to reach out to any of the team members, you want to reach out to the community as a whole and ask questions, share recipes, share tips, any feedback, anything you guys have, like that's what we're starting to build. So please go to the hunt lift eat forum on Facebook and hit that up. Cause that is where we're trying to pull the community in and it's, it's growing every day and it's been phenomenal to see for everybody that has been hitting up the new line. I appreciate that so much. It, it's honestly unbelievable. Uh, the feedback we've gotten, the popularity. I love seeing all of our new, uh, like female followers and supporters. Now that we've launched the, the female line and all the feedback has been awesome. So keep that coming. Uh, go check it out. It's at huntlifteat.com. We've got a plenty more stuff in the works. We're sitting right now. We're working on, uh, we've got all the designs working for the fall line. And we're also working shaker bottles, camp mugs, and a few other things that we're going to drop soon. So any suggestions you got for new products you want to see, just hit us up on the website or on Instagram. Let us know. But as always, I appreciate the hell out of every single one of you guys. Thank you so much.